whether he didn't, what he say, Your Honor, he said blah, blah, blah. The judge, he said blah, blah, blah. <laughs> then the guy really yented it up. That's right. I didn't believe it. There was a guy up on the stage in front of women in a mixed audience saying blah, blah, blah. The judge, this I never heard, blah, blah, blah. It said blah, blah, blah. He said blah, blah, blah. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's in the minutes, I'm not gonna lie to you. All right, the DA. The guy said blah, blah, blah. Look at him, he's smug, he's not gonna repent. Then they dug something. They sort of like saying blah, blah, blah. <laughs> because they said it a few extra times. What started out as him, you know, just trying to be authentic on stage turned into this mission yeah and 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 he was like and he you know until his dying day he did say uh, a lot of people don't know this and probably wouldn't believe this but he did believe that the american justice system was the greatest in the world and he yeah. thought that they were going to apologize one day I on this episode of playtime actor director and writer ronnie marmo i'm not a comedian i'm lenny bruce i'm your host W.C. Turk. At the time, my mother was at the gynecologist's office getting, getting an exam. She was laying on the table and her feet were up in the stairs. And just to put her at ease, the doctor started to make small talk. He said, so, I understand you're Lenny Bruce's mother. She said that she was. And then he said, well, when did Lenny get a start? She said, right with your hand did. <laughs> Rarely, a work of theater causes us to think about the deeper narratives guiding our lives. Ronnie Marmo's riveting performance in I'm Not a Comedian, I'm Lenny Bruce, serves as a shining guidepost. Marmo also wrote an exemplary one-man show, which was directed by the co uh, by, by his co-collaborator. Uh, I, I could have used a little, uh, a little uh, rehearsal. Uh, Listen, you, you, want me, you want me to direct this for you? If Let you wouldn't direct... mind, thank you. Let... Take nice and easy. That's my direction. Nice and easy. There you go. Uh, by his co-collaborator, <laughs> Joe Montagna, Marmo is an award-winning actor. He starred in more than 60 feature films and television shows, recently guest starring on Criminal Minds and Lethal Weapon, as well as General Hospital. That's just the short list. The website is LennyBruceOnStage.com. Uh, brother, I, I always get emotional at the end when you when you show the generations of comedians Lenny Bruce has influenced, juxtaposed over the mocking voices of the cops, which I think uh, I think does it for me, uh, who found Lenny's body back in in 1966, that was that was inspired. Ah, uh, thanks, man. You know, I feel the same way. It's like it's such a uh, it's so overwhelming what they did to him, yeah. and. It, you know, it's, it's upsetting, but I also think, uh, you know, I didn't want it to all be in vain. So I had the idea when I wrote this, what if we see Lenny, you know, I don't want to give away the ending, but we see yeah. Lenny in that situation. And then we have a little light on the microphone and then we see all the names of the comics. And yeah. then you go, wow, it's pretty overwhelming. You know, I, I think even if you do know something about Lenny Bruce and his life and, and the way he left this life, that comes together in this uh duende type crescendo uh and and it's it's overwhelming emotionally i i i saw a number of people who were uh who were sniffling back tears and 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 fighting emotion um it, it's it was inspired well i'm i'm uh i'm very grateful that i'm in a situation where i could bring this kind of theater 
uh, to people and, and people can, you know, have an experience because mm-hmm. so much of the time we see theater and, and often, I mean, look, musicals and, and, uh, and, you know, comedies, they all have their place in theater. And I think they're all yeah. very valuable, but I also think sometimes you're spending a night in thought and, uh, I just think it's all valuable. I think it's all needed, you know? Indeed. Indeed. But we all hope that our contribution means, something in the end after this life right whether it's large or or small you know with our family or whatever we we all hope that that there's some value that we bring to the world well yeah i mean that's you know that would be great to leave something behind and boy did lenny ever i mean you know out of all the comics of that time funny enough he's probably the least famous you know carlin prior and all that but so the fact that we keep like having these resurgence of Lenny Bruce, I'm, I'm thrilled for him and, uh, and for his family that, you know, he, it, it wasn't all in vain, you know what I mean? So you're older now than Lenny Bruce was when, when he passed at, at 41, I think. Yeah. He died at 40. And how do 40. you, how old do you know, how old do you think I am there, buddy? <laughs> well, I'm just kidding. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say somewhere north of 41, but just slightly north of 41. Very of 40. Slow, but yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're uh, you're younger than I am, man, and uh, and you're killing it night after night with these performances. I, I have no idea where you get the energy from. Thanks, pal. I don't either, to be honest. I think Lenny's helping me out while I'm up there. You know what I mean? I. <laughs> I did two of them Saturday. I was just by the end of the Saturday's performance, I'm just destroyed. I'm so loopy. I don't even know where I am. You know but, what I mean? <laughs> you know, I, I've I've done a little bit of theater work, and I've done you know I, I did a little bit of stand up comedy years and years ago. Um, but you know, since then I, I've been behind the pen mostly. But every one of those performances is like writing is like is like running a marathon, man. Um, and and you did two marathons in one day. Well, that is true, and uh, and every time I go out there, I say, well, maybe today I'm going to try to take it a little easier, and then I get that <laughs> first laugh on that clap line, and then off to the races yeah. I go. I'm you like, know, I can't do that, you know. So we're going to talk about the, the Lenny uh, Bruce Memorial Foundation here in, in just a moment, but it, sort of in, in that regard, where where do you find where do you find that energy is it i mean you you have to you have to maintain your own health in order to to reach that level when you get that first laugh or when you get that first reaction right yeah i mean honestly this show is really overwhelming and if and if i was to sit yeah. back and really think about how big of a show it is, I'd probably crawl up in a ball and just start crying. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, so So I really do take it a word at a time, a line at a time. And I just try to put myself in that situation and really just be moment to moment. And I know that's such an actor thing to say, but yeah. it's really true. Like with this material, it's so daunting. Every time I do it, I go, I don't know these words. How am I going to do this again? And then every time I somehow know the words and it somehow happens, you know? And so I just, uh, I give my very best in the moment that I'm in and I hope it's enough, you know? And that's what, that's what's unique about the show. And I think that's why people see it repeatedly as well, Mm -hmm. because it's the kind of show that like, it's the words are the same. Well, except for the one or two times I leave a little room for improv, but Mm -hmm. basically the words are the same. And, 
but but where am I? Where's the audience? Where are we emotionally? Is it uh, so? So it's unique each time. It mm-hmm. seems like a unique experience each time. You've seen it a few times. You could speak to that. You know, indeed, indeed, and and you've so you've changed up some of Lenny's monologues. Um, uh, so let let me let me ask you now in light of of the 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 current social environment the, the right. ultra sensitivity to language that have you have you left certain bits off the table and and brought others to the forefront um and do they make a do they make a stronger point for what what you and Lenny wanted to say about about those moments well you know I do pal because I remember when I came to Chicago, you were my very first interview. Yes, sir. And I'll always remember that. And I, and I also remember that you played the entire N word bit. Yeah. As part of the interview, and I and I almost died. I was like, oh my goodness, this is getting real. And so I and I appreciated you doing that because I because I thought, well, boy, you're really like we're not holding back. We're just doing it. Nope. So for those who are listening, uh, you know, Lenny had a very famous N word bit, which was about. You know, he used many racial slurs, uh, the N-word being obviously the biggest. And, and, uh, and to be to be fair, it wasn't just it wasn't just the N-word. That's probably that's probably the the the, the largest yeah. linguistic cl- uh, touchstone. But but he he used he used a, a number of of slurs to make a much deeper point. Yeah, he was trying. Listen, he, he, he offended everybody, but his uh-huh. whole idea was is that let's take the power out of the word so we can make these these words not as powerful yeah. and, and and the n-word bit which is lovely you know which is called we we uh if you get to the end of the bit you realize what he was trying to do and really where his heart was so it was a beautiful bit but but honestly after everything that happened with george floyd and yeah. i always had trouble i always had trouble doing it mm-hmm. i always thought wow this is intense but i but i understood the spirit of it and i didn't want to not do it and then mm-hmm. Once that happened, I really realized that people weren't listening the same way. And, and I would hate for a two minute bit to encapsulate Lenny Bruce. And so mm-hmm. I was able to have a full 90 minute experience. And that's what started to happen. And 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 I couldn't live with that. It was like if I would have left the N word bit in there, I think I would have just been like, you know, one of these actors who was like self-indulgent about getting to do that bit yeah. as yeah. opposed to my true focus which is telling the story of this really important man so so i made a decision to cut it i went to I had a lot of sleepless nights before i chose to do that yeah and then joe and i talked about it and kitty and i talked about it and they all thought it was a great idea so mm-hmm. so i cut it and i replaced it with a bit called uh, the meaning of obscenity yeah. which i actually dare i think that I, I think the bit is actually better for the show and the reason it's yeah. a little less like uh, shocking to hear, but I think it still has its own shock, but I think it's better because the truth is, is it ties together with the rest of the show and the fact mm-hmm. that he was on trial for obscenity. And so early on when I could dangle the meaning of obscenity, oh, and then we take you through an arc on how we get to those courtroom scenes. I feel like it's actually better for the play. Condition to that word. Uh, you know, the meaning of obscenity, don't you? Perhaps you know. See, if I do a disgusting show, or use any disgusting words, I'm just going to be talking about pork. Uh, 
that's my right, you see, as an American citizen, to discuss pork on stage. Although we discussed all of you vegetarians and Jews and Muslims, that is my right. And if you communists would like to suppress that right to talk about ham and pork, that's, well, that's your right. Now, if I do a vulgar show, I sing rock and roll tunes. Just uh, in the most vulgar form, with a big bulbous nose, that is not obscene. Obscenity has one specific meaning, to appeal to the prurient interest, to get you horny. That's what obscenity means, yes. See, if, that's why strippers get arrested for being obscene. They come out and they do a horny dance. The viewer gets horny and rapes somebody who didn't see the show. That's why we have the laws. So obscenity does have one specific meaning and only those illiterates that are offended. And if, quote, I drew Pearson's a son of a bitch. I'd like to introduce you to my aunt. This is her husband. What's he do for a living? He's a businessman. He's a son of a bitch. Not very nice of you. If you don't even know the man to make a generality. I tell you, all businessmen are son of a bitches. Are you kidding me? In fact, my father told me that. My father told me that all businessmen are son of a bitches. I never leave my father until now. What's your name? JFK. Your initials elude, I see. Uh, that is a direct quote, Time Magazine, London Observer. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Um, Anna and I were talking about that in the car afterwards because she she had heard my piece on the radio uh, in which we played that part. And then, and then she thought that this new um incarnation or or tweaked uh, uh version of, of the show flowed beautifully uh in 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 the overall story as opposed to the gravity of of that word and that bit that for for people who who might not be expecting it becomes kind of a of an exclamation point as opposed to a flow through that's right. That's right. You know, that's right. And, uh, and, and, and there was a lot of value in it. I was proud to do it because I, yeah. I, was, I was proud of Lenny and what he was saying, because he was the voice of the Brown and black people in the fifties and sixties. And, yeah. and they love Lenny. And you know, when I, to, to be fair too, I just want to say anytime I did the bit in the show, whether it was LA, New York or Chicago, mm-hmm. no one, no one, as far as I knew, from the African community, African American community, had an issue with it. Yeah, it was it, they. They kind of applauded it and went, "Ah, oh, good, we get Lenny, we get it, we get it." So, so I want to just say that that I it was more about bringing negative attention yeah. to to the play in a way that I didn't want to because I want to tell this story and. Uh, and so I was proud to do it when I did it. I was also proud to cut it because I understood, you know, I can't be tone deaf to the to the world. Sure, at the moment. sure. And so, uh, but believe me, I thought for a while, well, does this make me a sellout? Am I not taking care of Lenny? Yeah. And I thought, well, I don't think Lenny would do the bit now. That was my feeling. It's like Lenny was, he was a good guy. And he. He was always moving. I, he was always moving and he would have found another way to make this point. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Um, so that. I don't know if I asked you this previously. When did you first, when were you first inspired to create this piece? Well, I was handed a, a script called uh, Lenny's Back and Boy Is He Pissed probably 15 <laughs> years ago. Yeah, it's funny. Maybe even longer. But uh, so Charlie Brill, a wonderful comic, came to me and said, I have this one man show. It was written for me. Why don't you do it? I'll direct it. And so it, it took him two years to talk me into it because I was pretty nervous about it. I finally did it. Ran in L.A., ran for six months, went really, really well. 
great reviews. Did it five five years later. I picked it up again, wanting to revisit the material mm-hmm. with a wonderful director, Bob Guza. Uh, so Bob and I did it for, for another six months. Went well. And then one day I woke up and realized I fell in love with Lenny. I wanted to tell his story, but I thought that play wasn't telling everything because we didn't have the right to the material. Yeah. And so so we weren't doing his bits. I was talking about the bits and I was talking around the bits. And it was just a, a bit a bit nicer version. Not that Lenny's mean, but I, you know, if you're going to tell somebody's life story, let's put it all on the table. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so so the, I was inspired to write my own. So it took me five years to write. And now I've been running six years. So uh, so that's why, you know, I, I fell in love with Lenny, his message. Um, I thought it was really timely and important. And then as an actor to get to do something so important that not only do you love that people, other people care about, it's really a, a gift and a blessing. And so I thought, well, let's just, I got to follow this trail, you know. If anyone in this audience believes that God made his body and your body's dirty, well, then the fault lies with the manufacturer. You have a body that God made in his image. And now you want to judge some parts as good and some as bad. No, man, I don't see any reference to that in the Bible, man. Yeah. Yeah. If God made it all, it's either all clean. And and you really don't pull punches um, in, in, in a very sensitive way. And you, you kind of show the man coming unraveled both both from the external pressures and his internal pressures so the the drug use feels like a symptom of those those pressures with with his his wife and and her terrible accident and the censorship issue all of all of that i'd love i'd love you to to speak about that a little bit yeah, I mean, he had he was under a lot of pressure. Um, what started out as him, you know, just trying to be authentic on stage turned into this mission. Yeah. And 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 he was like, and he, you know, until his dying day, he did say, uh, a lot of people don't know this and probably wouldn't believe this, but he did believe that the American justice system was the greatest in the world. And he yeah. thought that they were going to apologize one day. I say it in that final. <laughs> yeah, like, much like the Pope and Galileo. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. So they, you know, they were going to say, "I'm so sorry, Lenny. We had this all wrong," and and they finally did that. You know, forty years later, when we had the um, the pardon for Governor Pataki in New York, uh, post posthumous pardon. But it was really wild uh, that he had all this stress and pressure, and uh, and he became the face of this cause that you know he never really asked for, but thought, "I have to follow through with it." You know. And I believe he actually said the words, okay, folks, the show is over, which, of course, is a cliche that policemen use just at a killing, you know, in a bar. When the crowd is getting, they want to break up the crowd. Okay, the show's over, the show's over. He actually said it in context. They began to check people's IDs, and they, they, they had the people leave the club through the only door, the upstairs only door, uh, one by one show their ID because basically what they wanted to do was to catch someone underage so they could give the tr- club trouble um, and they found this girl apparently I guess she was 15 or something I forget now but um, 
in, in checking everyone, Vince and I just kept drinking our beers and, uh, and, and all the beer we could get because the upstairs bar was right there, the service bar was in there. Uh, by the, you know, I was good and juiced by the time we got to us, and we purposely waited to be almost the last people just to watch all this going on. So when I got to the door and the police was in ID, you want to see your ID? I said, I don't believe in ID. You know, just a smart-ass Irish guy, a little drunk, who didn't like authority anyway, you know, and didn't really care much for regulations my whole life. So I always give him hard, give him some shit, you know. So I said, I don't believe in ID. So he was a little exasperated by this point, this policeman, and I guess he was in plainclothes. And he sort of grabbed me by the collar of the suit and, and you know, the baggy pants of my ass and kind of bum-rushed me down the stairs, you know, kind of forcing me down the stairs and on my way out. And, said, and downstairs, there was a place that you'd pass through, and on, on the left, there were two little portals that led into the bar area and the cocktail lounge area. And I knew Brenda was in there. So as they're rushing me past that... So, yeah, said, because said, it was, it, they're just words, and, you know... And, you know, I'm sure the drug use and all that kind of added to it all. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like what and that was sort of that was sort of the emergence of of the of the drug culture leading into the end of the 60s. So nobody nobody really knew a great deal about addiction and the causes of addiction. Right. Right. Well, right. It's not like it is now. I mean, back then, you know. If you were you know, stigmatized, oh, stigmatized big time. I mean, yeah. you know, and, th and that's the thing with Lenny. I mean, he, he was always the one who bring up all these taboo subjects that people didn't uh -huh. want to deal with. Uh -huh. And, I, and that, I think that was great. I think, um, you know, he was way more important than people really realize. And, and not just for comics all the way through today. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, he so much so. So we're, we're arguing some of those same free uh, free speech issues today, trying to find that line, right? But between what you know, whether it's COVID or election denial, hate speech, uh, censorship of LGBTQ book content, or even contradictory words of someone say like Thomas Jefferson. Um, yeah, we're we're still we're still trying to find that line. In, in exploring Lenny Blue, Bruce for the last 15 or so years, uh, are you any closer to defining that line? Or is that a line that is ever going to be defined? Uh, I would have to say it's never going to be defined. That's okay. my feeling. I think, uh, I think there's always a line. We think we define it and then somebody steps over it, you uh -huh. know, Free speech is not the same thing about dishonest speech. I mean, those are two very different things. Yeah, you know, yeah. Free speech is free, and and lying has a price. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's not free. But those those That's, things get muddled with you know. Fox famously won uh, won a court case that they could they they were free to lie on the air. So so that's gotten horribly muddled. Well, yeah, but didn't they end up paying a big price because they did lie on the air? I mean, didn't Fox end up paying a lot of money to? I mean, I, I thought they well to uh, Dominion, but this is this goes back a, a number of years ago, where where they 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 won a court case where they uh, they could they could tell untruths on yeah. on the air and get away with it. It's kind of like tabloid, you know. It's these tabloids yeah, that like, yeah. 
could sell those papers when you see these ridiculous tabloids. Yeah, yeah, I don't think anything we'll ever be able to really fix. I mean, people are so self-serving, you know, that like their yeah, their dignity and is less important than, you know, the almighty dollar or fame, you know, like like uh our ex president, I mean, I think he's so obsessed with just you know, being the guy and you know, that it doesn't matter, you know. Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. and then there's some people who just are her what do you call it when when people are a perpetual liar, they just don't even know. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Narcissist. I mean, Narcissist, you know. yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's really a crazy time. And 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 here's the thing with this show, I'm really not trying to change anyone. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to be in the middle of the discussion so people can take a look at their own life. And then if they come to a change on their own, then Maybe this show had a small part in that, you know, but, you you know, honesty is uh, there's nothing better than living an honest, transparent life. Well, you it's, certainly have have uplifted and resurrected the the reputation of Lenny Bruce, which I, I think I think sort of languished or was lost uh, and tarnished for many, many years. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I You know, I, I'm proud to say that that seems to have been the case. And uh and I'm proud to be the guy who's synonymous with Lenny. And um, and people think about Lenny and think about me as the actor. And and the truth is, is all I feel like I'm doing is really channeling Lenny and giving myself over to the material. I, um, you know, it's interesting because I I often feel that like the day I feel like I get really good at this, I should probably stop doing it. You know, <laughs> the day it becomes about me and not about serving Lenny. But I, I, I feel like I'm here to do that. And and as a result of my good intentions, I'm lucky enough to get other opportunities and things come with that. Yeah. But but I think it's part of part of part of the reason is because I I, I genuinely set out every day to see how can I continue to tell his story. And then uh, hopefully people are attracted to that. You know? Did you uh, did you and Joe and Kitty ever are you ever surprised or did you ever expect that that it would go this far and this long now uh plus 400 shows he takes pills now that's what he does he's a junkie <laughs> this generation is strung out what's milltown what are you kidding what's milltown sedate knacker clunk surpassal dexmil percadon they're all out of their cook Doctors are all the women strung out. Yeah, the difficulties get longer and longer and longer. Yeah, my period is a semicolon now. And now with no punctuation, I'm just knocked out all the time for pain. Once every four hours, once every two and one hour. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. And soon, of course, your status symbol will be, like, they'll be on a whole different high, of course. Yeah. But they'll escape and rationalize their escape. Yeah. I had no idea, honestly. I um, I thought we were doing this play, and I thought it was I thought it was pretty good, but I wasn't sure. And and, yeah. and you know, I was like, well, let me put it out there. It's such a monster. I was like, I don't even know the next scene. How do I know how good this is? And so it was a very humbling experience. And then Joe and I thought we would run it for a couple of months in LA and see what happens. Uh -huh. And now now it's six years and all this time later. And so what I've learned is, is that people want to hear from Lenny. It's very yeah. timely. People, I mean, I hear some really 
big responses during some of these scenes, like just, you know, audible responses of people yeah. who don't know they're responding, you know. It's have like, you uh, uh, have you guys thought about going overseas? And what do you think the reaction would be uh, in in say uh, London or Berlin or Frankfurt or? Yeah, I've been speaking to London quite a bit, and there's something on the table now. Oh, right. So that's my plan is to bring this to London. Uh, I did my homework, and Lenny Bruce. It seems he played there once. And then he was, uh, he tried to go back a second time. And they wouldn't let him off the plane. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, but, th- but they also, they also did that to jazz musicians right after the second world war, which is where we got uh skiffle. Uh, and then that led to the, the Beatles and the stones, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. I, so I, this is where I was going to start. Uh, and uh, in a, in a time when theaters are begging for patrons, uh, when theater in general is struggling, you and Kitty and and Joe um, decide to take the show on the road across the nation, and you're still filling houses. That's guts, man. That uh, confidence, a, a truly unique <laughs> and and well crafted work of art. Um, well, what what are the lessons for 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 the theater industry about? you know, uh, about that success. Well, I don't know if it's confidence or insanity, to be honest. With you. I'm not, <laughs> I think we got to screw loose as well. They're, they're a fine line, brother. Yeah. Don't I know it. Especially um, in the arts. Oh yeah. Um, you know, here's the truth. Theater is not all the way back. It's yeah. not. And, uh, there are, we're seeing that in a lot of cities around the country, but yeah. our show has done wonderfully. Yeah. And, um, and you know, we do keep the show affordable, uh, on purpose because I want people to be able to to book it, but mm-hmm. it, it is going wonderful. And and I guess the message would be, without me sounding too preachy, is I would love venues to have and cities to have more. Uh, what's the word? Confidence in in the choices and uh, that they pick for content and 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 value the patrons a bit more and give them more credit. Because a lot of times we'll we'll book a city and before we book it, they'll say, oh, Lenny Bruce, I don't know. We have a conservative audience. I was like, listen, your audience, give them credit. I promise you they're going to thank you. And so every time we do that <laughs> and every time they, they take our word, what happens is is uh, they, they the patron sends up saying, please, more content like this. Mm-hmm. So I would say, you know, to the theater venues around the country, it's like, yes, it's valuable. Uh, to do some just a good night of comedy or a great musical like that's all yeah. valuable yeah. but also don't be afraid to pick material that isn't safe you know give mm-hmm. give your audience a little more credit you know are so, you finding um, are you so, finding a a, a a reticence to uh to uh to to put you on stage in in certain locations yeah i mean for sure there's always yeah. that Anytime we make a call, they go, oh, we couldn't have Lenny Bruce here. And then I go, wait, let's talk about that. Why not? What do you think it is? What do you think this show is? And they go, well, he was a foul mouth comic. I said, no, he wasn't. It was so much more than that, you know? So why don't we talk about who the man was and let's talk about what the show offers and, and, uh, and blah, blah, blah. So it's a very interesting journey to watch uh, people go from, oh, we couldn't have that show here to, 
end up booking it and then they end up saying wow boy were we wrong that was yeah. it we were wrong you know so i would really, be go, go ahead i'm sorry go ahead no i was just saying it's really cool when someone changes their mind they bring it and then the the patrons thank them for bringing it and say please more content like this you know so you're you're not just educating on stage brother you're uh you're educating off stage <laughs> well <laughs> again I don't, I don't pretend to be um i don't pretend to be uh you know in charge of all that but but i do but there but there's to... there's a value in that there's there there's there's definitely you know in bringing some something uh edgy or unique to to the stage or, or even visionary to the stage um that takes that takes a learning curve to pull people out of out of those safe comfort zones yeah i i hear that and and i'm proud of it and and i i guess at the end of the day it does make me very happy that I could be in a position where most of the time they, they go, okay, let's take a shot with it, you know? Um, and then Joe too, you know, Joe comes with a lot of, uh, yeah. Joe comes with a lot of, uh, you know, gravitas. Yeah, absolutely. And gravitas. Yeah. And so people respect Joe and know Joe. And so we're so proud of it. We are so proud of it. Wonderful. Wonderful. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you uh, about the Lenny Bruce Memorial foundation, Lenny Bruce, dot org which i'll post uh in uh, a link to in the notes below um but um that that's a a benefit that's near and dear to your heart oh yeah yeah lenny bruce memorial foundation is a wonderful foundation that kitty bruce started and that's lenny's daughter and and the whole idea is that uh we help put people through rehab who don't have any money who don't can't get to can't get find a, a rehab mm -hmm. because they, they sadly it costs money to do that so we help support that whether it's by t-shirt sales or by you know if you come to the show a portion of the ticket goes to the foundation so just by showing up you've helped uh but you can do more for sure and so I'm very proud of that and it means an awful lot to me and so uh you know, if you find yourself in a situation where you can help a little bit, consider I, we've all been affected by somebody who needed to find sobriety and did not. Yeah. And uh, which is it's heartbreaking, you know. And so in in Lenny's name, we help people find recovery. Uh, a, a wonderful and important cause. Um, and again, I, I'll post links to it in, in the notes below. If Lenny Bruce came back today. What do you think he would think about the show and about the uh, the discourse that we're having currently in in society, American society? Well, uh, yeah, yeah. I think, well, about the show, he'd be like, who gave this schmuck the job, you know? <laughs> this kid's going to play me. No, I, th I think he'd be amused by it. I, I think he'd be like, hey, all right. You know what? I can't ask for much more. The guy gives his soul over to the show. Yeah. And uh, and he, he's, he, you know, he's got the timing and he gives his soul over. And and so I, I think he would be proud of it. I really do. Maybe that's just, you know, wishful thinking. But, you know, at some point you have to look at the numbers and go, OK, people are really, really identifying with this. And so so I think he would like the fact that we're still going and it, 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 it we seem to just be getting started, quite honestly. Uh, we've got a lot a lot ahead of us and so there's that and then in terms of society i mean look you know uh, 
it would just be more of the same for him. I mean, we are in a, you know, a bad situation in this country, but, you know, Lenny probably felt that way back then, you know? Yeah. Uh, I guess if you're, I guess if you're a comic, then, uh, then that's always adding fresh material. Yeah, no, he would have a field day (laughs) with what's going on for sure. A field day. So, um, but I'm here trying to continue his story and I'm proud of that. And I, and I really, I really do feel such an honor to, to get to continue this fight that unfortunately got cut short for him. Indeed. Uh, you know, I, I, I was just watching one of his stand-up pieces last night again. Um, and, uh, and Anna was sitting next to me as well. Uh, you, you really worked hard to get down uh, the cadence of his, of his voice and his mannerisms it's it's something really something to see no oh, thanks man you know it's interesting when i first i know i wrote the script but before i picked it up and started working on it i made a choice at that time to just work you know just walk and talk and try to kind of get him in my body in an authentic yeah. way and not a not a mimic or you know because because I, I don't really do impressions so i'm not mm-hmm. sure i would have been the guy to do impressions you know and so but it feels it, it really feels the intensity that you bring to the performance, particularly to that uh, to that climax and ending. Um, it feels like you are channeling the man at some point. You know, I have I have to agree with you. You know, it's crazy. It just kind of feels like, you know, it feels that way for me, too. And I realize I'm the guy on stage. But some, you know, Kitty and I have always said something greater is going on in the mm-hmm. room and not to get too shaky, but there's something magical happening, and, and I'm just proud to be a part of it. I'm proud to be yeah. that guy. If I can't say what has to be said, you're convicting me before the jury even has a chance to deliver it. Objection! So fuck the objection! I overruled that objection! Objection! No! Bullshit! This is a free country! I should not be in prison! We'll play by the rules this country was founded on! Free speech! Mr. Bruce! throwing me in jail every time I try to defend myself. It is an American. You sit up there in your judge's chair. You got the American flag hanging behind you, which you have no idea what represents. Are we detaining Mr. Bruce? No, don't you see? Don't you see? You need me. I'm going to tell you when your heads are so far off your age, I'm blowing it. Mr. Bruce! you come down from people like me, the more you need me, the more you try to silence the TV's loudest Please, I've lost everything. Honey, Kitty, I'm bankrupt. Everything's gone. Please don't take away my word. Ronnie Mar- Marmo, I'm not a comedian. I'm Lenny Bruce. Marmo also wrote uh, the exemplary one-man show, which is directed by the co by his co-collaborator Joe Montagna. Uh, Marmo is an award-winning actor. He starred in more than sixty feature films and television shows. The website is LennyBruceOnStage.com. I'll also post links to uh, the Lenny uh, Lenny Bruce Memorial Foundation. Thank you, man. This was uh, this is this was brilliant. Um, it, it, he's Thank such you. an important character, and I and I I really feel that you are more than an actor. You're you're a sage, and I I, I hope that doesn't that that doesn't go against your your humble nature too much. But uh, I, I I truly feel that way. Well, I'm grateful to be in a position where. I get to do this. And so thank you for saying that. And, uh, you know, onward we go. We'll see what's next, you know? Indeed, indeed.
My thanks to Ronnie Marmo and to all of you who listened. Please visit the website at LennyBruceOnStage.com and keep up to date with the show on Instagram and on Facebook. For more on the Lenny Bruce Memorial Foundation, visit LennyBruce.org. A link can be found at LennyBruceOnStage.com. Don't forget to subscribe to this show and feel free to share it with friends and family. And check out my other podcast, Chicago Writes, the official podcast of the Chicago Writers Association at ChicagoWrites.org. Until next time, I'm W.C. Turk. Oh, a joy to be all alone. I'm happy alone, don't you see? I've convinced you. I don't know, I get so dramatic about it. You're better off alone, man. I got it. That's it, I'm going to get a whole bunch of new suits. You know, I've had the same dumb suit for 10 years. You walk in her closet, you can't even breathe. That's it, I'll get a whole bunch of suits. I'll get a chick that likes to hang out, man. I'll get a, I'll have the vodka parties. That's modern, vodka parties, swing it up, ball it up. I'll get a chick, I'll get a chick who likes to drink. Boy, my wife sure used to look good standing up against the sink. She's the lowest, though. I really put her down, no. No, I really miss her. I don't want some sharp chick that can quote Kerouac and walk with poise. I just want to hear my old lady say, get up and fix the sink. It's still making noise. All alone. All alone. Like a near-sighted dog wears the bone. Ah, but it's better to be all alone. No more taking out the garbage, hear her yakking on the phone. I gave her everything, even my mother's ring. But to me, she was so petty. Sometimes I wish that she were dead. But it'd probably take her two hours to get ready. (laughs) When she's old, then she's going to be sorry. That's it. Like, she's young and swinging now, and she can get a lot of guys. But when she's old, I can see her about 20 years from now. How you doing, Annie? I haven't seen you in a long time. You look pretty good, baby. You're still washing your hair with Dutch cleanser, I see. <laughs> yeah, you look good. You gained a few pounds. What happened to your neck? <laughs> I heard you got married a few times, huh? Me, no, I've always stayed single. I, uh, I've been investing in property. I picked up a little place in Mexico. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called Acapulco. I don't know. <laughs> Where are you living? A furnished room? That's nice. You cook on the radiator, the paper drapes. <laughs> Sit in the lobby and watch television and all, you know. That's cool, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. You have the diner's club. You sign for you go first class in those joints. I know that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Her future spells a murky gloom. I'll be rich and famous, and she'll be living in a furnished room, but it's going to be too late. I won't hear a moan. I'll be living in my knob hill mansion, rich and all alone. All alone, all alone, I'll be rich, but so all alone. And while we're here, coming up on Playtime, my conversation with David Fowler, lead guitarist from the critically acclaimed Australian Pink Floyd show. Plus, I debut a new album from Chicago singer-songwriter Ron Lazzaretti from his new album, 
Fat Head Sunday Paper. This is Countdown by Threes. Pissing rain. I feel a big rain coming. Feels like I'm stuck at home designed for it. I feel my own blood jumping. I miss your breathing, God, I miss that sound. Countdown by Threes. Kill all the lights. Nobody died today. Black smoke. Muddy waters, fucking shame Who cleans a gun when it's loaded? I got my own damn self to blame for it Even the Lord wouldn't have me But I'll never play the violin again Count down by threes, kill all the lights Nobody died today Someday, senorita as they say, say in the song, I could pray again to see it, but gone is gone. Goddamn, don't nobody pick up a phone. It's a time without pity. I guess nobody's got the time for it I stopped by old Steamboat Willie But he was working on the Motown sound Countdown by threes, kill all the lights Nobody died today